I'm Carol Joyce Side, and welcome to the Homeschool Made Simple podcast. You're listening to episode 112. This is a podcast to help you homeschool simply, inexpensively, and enjoyably. Well, this evening, I am sitting with a wonderful longtime friend, Dan Beck. He and his wife, Kara, live outside of the Minneapolis area on a beautiful lake, and they have eight children, uh, ranging in age from nine to 24 years of age, three girls, five boys, and Dan and his wife have been in the homeschool movement since their firstborn was about four years old, so about 20 years, and um, I just thought it would be great to interview a dad who's been in the trenches, still is in the trenches, and um, I just felt like he had a lot to offer. So welcome, Dan. Thank you, Carol. Um, I am so excited to talk to you because, you know, a lot of times women have a very... um, predominant voice in the homeschool movement and I think that's unfortunate and very often I think they feel like well my wife does this and but that's not really true because no wife can do it without her husband's support and I think you've really exemplified that so tell me a little bit about your journey what brought you and Kira Hmm. to homeschool and and how did you decide to do this Hmm. that's a great question um well the first part of your comment, Kara was the driver in terms of Kara, not oh, Carol. Kara. Yeah, oh, Yeah, Kara, oh, my wife. Yeah. Uh, in terms of just getting engaged with the topic of homeschooling, doing research. She's yes. a really, really good researcher yes. and learner. She is. So uh, that was really great. So she brought that along. And then together, um, we got a hold of a book, and I don't know how called Better Late Than Early Yes. by the Moors. Yes. We've been looking for it. It's, I think it's out of print. But um, it was life-changing for us. So it was really more of uh, how do we want to raise our kids, mm-hmm. that homeschooling fit. The philosophy. Mm-hmm. The philosophy of we don't have to rush. And as we learned more and more, we didn't have to rush reading. Mm-hmm. We didn't have to rush certain comprehension or... Um, standardized test levels or, you know, that giving meaning to education. Yes. So I think that that book really shaped our journey of homeschooling mm-hmm. it's because it kind of gave us the freedom. And we both agreed way back when, being young parents, not knowing what we're doing and still barely, more like, well, that just makes sense. Mm-hmm. Why would I rush some of these things and yes. let things marinate and develop. Yes. And so homeschooling has fit just great with that. Mm. I don't know how we could have done it without that. Wow. So our um, we've done a podcast on that book called mm. Better Late Than Early, and we'll put that in the show notes. We've also interviewed Kara on this show. I don't mm-hmm. know if you knew that. Mm-hmm. So we'll put a link to Kara's interview as well because she is a Renaissance woman. She is. And um, she's a real catch, by the way. She is. <laughs> I'm thankful. Yes. So, um, you know, you've had very diverse children. I, I've known your children. Um known of them and know them personally now for about 20 years. Mm-hmm. So how has this kind of personalization that homeschool brings to the table worked for your kids? Mm. 
Uh, I would say, I would say uh, it really, it really has helped us try to view them as individuals. Yes. Versus fitting into something. Yes. And then that requires sort of a sort of a customizable interaction mm-hmm. for each kid, because the first one hits ten. And they all seem the same up till, you know, a certain age, but uh, Kara's more attuned in that regard. But it seems like they just start having these preferences and these habits and repeat things that are wired in them. You start to see patterns. Yeah, and they're all so different. And so the same approach with every kid just isn't the most kind way to deal with each kid. Mm -hmm. So... That, if that answers okay, your yeah. question. Can you give us some examples? Um, I mean, Frankie has also Frankie, been yep. um, on some of my webinars. He's a beautiful example of homeschool at its best. Okay, f- yeah, we'll take Frankie. So he's our fourth, and he's the third boy, fourth child. Um, and he's just been really interested in being... A cattle rancher and a horseman, and since he was young, yes, outdoorsman, and um, you know wants to build a ranch when he was thirteen in Western South Dakota type kid, and believed all of it, and he's he can he's now nineteen, but uh, the point is, as we just saw in him, you know he went with some friends to the Boy Scouts, yes, and accelerated through that, became an Eagle Scout, yeah, uh, but very independent, very much already talking, I want to own my own business and have employees, and uh, getting him to do actual school work was very difficult. Yes. Um, but and, that doesn't mean... That may I interrupt and yeah, say same. that he followed two heavily academic Absolutely. Brothers. That was yeah, his, hard. His, his two older brothers were in honors programs, each in college, and... Uh, just wired different. Yes. And um, so that's a good example of those two older brothers, kind of a customizable thing. We, with, walking with them, helped them find that journey. That was what they needed to do. That's right. Frankie needed to build forges and do a little woodwork. Explain what you mean by building forges. Well, he just got into... Uh, uh, like the whole blacksmith, bladesmith world. Yes. And then he just went crazy, <laughs> self-taught on YouTube. He really did. Yeah. Uh, but an example, he took my wagon, which was really big. Yes. And the tire had been flat, which is my MO, for like a year. So he just asked if he could take it. So he cut the whole thing off, all the wheels, and then he used the top part of the wagon for a pan, and then he cut a hole in it, and then he made a forge. <laughs> On a, on a stand. And so, you know, stuff like that where giving him space wow. to do that. To explore his own interest yeah. under parental guidance. Yeah, his own interest. And honestly, he even, even cutting him loose, uh, he took it as far as he wanted to take it. Yes. Because he was YouTube taught. Yes. He'd go experiment and he'd come back and he'd yes. experiment and he'd come back and self-learning. And we obviously were keeping an eye on things. Sure. Um, but it was really nice in terms of your question of customizable, like just given, get, given the horse enough reins to run as it wants to run on that given day. Yes. Hi, this is Carol's assistant, Rachel. I have exciting news for you. Our spring sale is coming up soon. May 1st through 14th, you'll get 25% off any purchase of $50 or more 
when you use coupon code SPRING2022. We recently recorded an updated version of Carol's basic seminar, A Literature-Based Approach to Education. Can you believe it's the first update in over a decade? It will be available in the online store beginning May 1st. Save your pennies and get ready to build your Carol Joy side library during our spring sale. Now back to the show. And tell me what he's doing now. He's been doing some really yep. interesting adventures the last yep. two years. He has. So he's he's now out at a tech school in Idaho. Yeah. And he uh, didn't, you know, he just wanted a, a entrepreneurship certificate. Mm-hmm. So five classes. So we sent him out there, and within the first month, he's like, "Okay, I want to stay and, you know, advance it." And to me, that's just indicative of our journey of homeschooling. Is we knew that we knew we could give him that mm-hmm. that semester. But Karen and I had hopes that would open up something else. Amen. And it did. And so now he's finishing Gen Eds this semester, and then he's starting a welding two-year degree next semester. Yeah. And he is, excuse me, the most delightful young man. I had the privilege of being up at Coldwater mm-hmm. uh, last summer when yep. Frankie was there. Yeah. Talk a little bit about what he did at Coldwater. Last summer, Coldwater, so that was like so four or five a, weeks. Yeah, yeah. And he was on a service team. Yeah, he was right? on a service team. So um, he just got up there with a group. Uh, he was 18, um, and I think they were 17, maybe one was 18, one 19. So they were okay. all kind of in the same boat. Um and they basically just went around what the camp and the campground and the land needed. Yes. And they just worked together and did it. Built stuff. Built they stuff. Built the building. Yeah, built and... stuff. And <laughs> yeah, they built some structure or, or sleeping yes. structure. Yeah. Um, it, and it, to me, that was that's his jam. I Amen. mean, he he likes perfect. doing doing stuff. A little bit of leadership. So happy. Yeah, a little bit of hands on. Very physical, much hands on. Very physical. Um, Hard labor. And and hard labor and in the woods and you know he likes the outdoors mm-hmm. a lot so that was yeah cold water was really cool mm-hmm. really cool yes so tell me um, any advice you know a lot of young families listen and they're just starting out and this all sounds a little overwhelming a little scary give give their some experience um, advice from your experience mm. well. I'm trying to sift through like what would I've wanted to hear mm-hmm. when we started. Yes. And I really think uh looking in the mirror for me and just saying spending a little more time like why do I feel pressure that my kids have to yeah read? Why do I feel pressure that they're not this or that or this or that? Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of it's just identity mm-hmm. right? and and resting in uh, what Christ gives us in our identity, but having little kids that just I I myself just started cranking on being a dad mm-hmm. without without a lot of intentional thought like why why am I feeling this way inside because I did feel pressure are they coming along or are they reading well because took you're me time to come intense, out of that you're an intense guy very intense you're highly successful you're you're an athlete you're you're driven. In a good way. Mm-hmm. So this is counter counterintuitive, maybe, mm. for 
you, yeah. do you think? Was it a little yeah. hard for you? Yeah, it, it, it was. It was because I grew up with the different experience, and exactly. I was just fine. Exactly. I, I had a very pleasant you did. public you school life. experience. It was right. just great. <laughs> um, but I knew that the, 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 hook, the hook for me was in terms of maybe advice, this better late than early. That was a bit of a paradigm shift for me, I and I was working through that. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I just think of uh, looking back, having little kids. That is a high pressure time. They have full time needs. They have, and then having Grace, our oldest six, yes. starting getting homeschooled, and Kara's got four, two, and a baby. Well, who's got, you know, you just think practically as a dad, yes, and trying to protect or whatever, yes. Oh, well, how can she get time for grace when she has an infant? That's right. And I just, I think homeschooling is totally doable mm-hmm. if if myself as a parent would have just sort of let off the gas a little mm-hmm. and just been, this is okay. Do you we, feel like you put pressure on Kira because you were a little nervous about it? Or? I'm sure I did. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, I think it was more of a, well, the baby takes so much time, maybe grace just more of an internal, is Grace getting enough or mm-hmm. Richard, the next mm-hmm. one? Because we had kids. Exactly. All the time. <laughs> yes, you did. And so every couple years. And so, uh, but the real issue wasn't Kara and the issue wasn't the number of kids. Mm-hmm. The issue was my expectations. Mm-hmm. That's what I think. And I, so I agree. I, I, th- I think uh, just spending a little more time for me, um, Kara talks about attunement. Attunement? Explain attunement. That. Well, just kind of being in touch, like, What's going on with this kid and mm-hmm. kind of knowing what they need in the moment? Well, that, that comes to, that comes to um, or applies to me too, the person. And I wasn't very in touch with where I was at. I just was a container, attunement and containment. Mm-hmm. I was more containment. Mm-hmm. Don't, they can't get killed. I don't want them <laughs> dragged away with, by coyotes. You know, like I was more like that dad. Yeah. And Kara was just a great counterbalance of attunement, and she's. Uh, I've just grown a lot. Yes. With you, her example, yes, with that. Yes. But I, that would have been helpful to me if somebody just said, "Just slow down." Yes. You're gonna be all right. Yes. Because uh, homeschooling, it all works out. It Reading, really writing, does. arithmetic, kids <laughs> figure it out. Like, it, it's not that difficult. Mm-hmm. And I think I made it difficult with expectations. Yes. Well, and, you know, in your defense, there weren't a lot of graduates that you could take to lunch back in those days. That's true. Right? That's true. Yeah. And that's fair. And I'm glad you say that. Yeah. So it was more of a, this is going to work. Yeah. Yeah, it is blind faith. And we're thankful to you. I mean, Mm. without some structure and guidance and someone who'd done it before, it would have been hard to hang on, I, I think. Well, and I think, Dan, all of us were listening to Dr. Moore, reading his books, um, and what's wonderful about Dr. Moore's books and his work was that it was all research-based. Mm-hmm. So I nowadays remember. in the homeschool movement, every Tom, Dick, and Harry has a philosophy and an opinion, but there's no research behind it. Yeah. And so I just come back to Dr. Moore and say, this man knew what he was doing because it was he would say, show me the research, show me the research. And he had 8,000 studies around the whole world that had been done on why early child education, early childhood education was damaging to little children. Mm-hmm. And that mm-hmm. if you wait and delay, that they're actually better readers, better learners. Mm-hmm. They love learning 
if you give them time to mature into their brain. Mm. But if you're yep. force feeding little tiny kids things that they have no application for, no reason or need of, then you create a lifelong distaste mm. for the very thing you're trying to yeah. accomplish. Yeah, right? yeah, Carol, I, I agree. Yes. And we agree with that. Um, we just didn't know it. We well, just, we just kind of believed it yes. and just moved forward. Yes. But I very much, the thing about their book that actually uh, really convinced me was the piano example. Yes. When they talked Talk about, about well, if I, if I remember it, it was more of a kid who started super early at four or five mm-hmm. and yeah. had five years and then they're 10 years old. And then a 10 year old started and then they both played at 12. Yes. And they were almost on par. Exactly. And so that just the whole dexterity development, yes. muscles, Maturity. bones, ligaments, yes. brain, boys, girls, I just, it just made sense. Yes. It just made a ton of sense, and that's yeah. actually uh, how how we look at life anyways. It's like, why would you... You can't push a rope, so why would you push a little kid if there's still a rope? <laughs> that's really good. That's really good. I want to turn a corner and talk about some beautiful things I've observed in your family. So uh, several years ago, I was here speaking, I don't know, maybe three or four years ago, I think everybody was home. I think Richard and Grace had gone off, but um, Henry was still home, definitely. And I'm sitting in your living room, and Kara brought me over, and you know I'd met the kids at seminars over the years, but to see them in their own environment and with their siblings. And the first thing that I noticed was how the children cheered for their siblings. Mm. And how, like, Ruby and Fritz and Will, how the big kids were so proud of them. Mm-hmm. And, um, and the little kids were, like, wanting to impress me because, you know, they'd heard about me from you and, and Karen's things. And, and that would have been a perfect opportunity for their older brothers and sisters to make them look small. <laughs> and that hmm. could have made them, in their mind, look bigger, like mm-hmm. I am too cool for school. Oh, those are the little rugrats in our family. But they did just the opposite. Mm. And how cool. they were proud of their siblings and laughing at their antics as they were trying to, you know, Ruby was little bitty and she was trying to impress me or make an impression. And how the kids, instead of rolling their eyes <laughs> at their little brothers and sisters, instead thought they were as adorable as I thought they were. Mm. And cool. it's really rare to see that kind of team spirit in a family. And I was wondering, you know, do you feel that homeschool created that team spirit, that loyalty? Hmm. You know, I guess I've never thought of that to you, this question. Uh, so I don't hesitate because I don't think it's not homeschooling. <laughs> I just, um, I would say this, I think... I think the schedule. I think it would have to be homeschooling and the way we do it, which is together. Mm-hmm. Not kids aren't off at separate That's right. events venues. Uh, because what I'm thinking of as an answer for you is time, mm-hmm. and so it takes so much time mm-hmm. to build a, a brotherhood in the military. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't take a week. Mm-hmm. It takes battle, and it takes. Years Suffering. and you see lifelong <laughs> loyalties. That's right. With people who are totally different. That's right. So not that you know the military is a great example, but I mm. think that That's I think the aspect example. of time. 
A band of brothers. A band of brothers and sisters because of sheer time. And so, uh, you know, would Karen and I always pray, knit our hearts together in love because they're all fighting when you're not around? (laughs) Yes, right? We would. But um, time and time again, uh, we have observed, too, you can't find a more fiercely uh, loyal, but loyal in a healthy way. Like like they... They're proud of each other. They are ten. They're eight chiefs, <laughs> and you know I'm the ninth small chief, and then Kara takes care of us. But um, but that is how it is. These for some reason the Lord gave us fiercely independent leader style kids, all of them. And they're all totally different. Totally different, and yet you just sit back and they are they are for each other, mm-hmm. even if they are duking it out ten minutes beforehand. Exactly. They they are. They are that way. And I do think, I guess my answer is time. I think mm. you, it's really hard to foster love mm-hmm. if you don't have a bunch of valley experiences. Because mm. you just, if you're yeah. just touching superficial stuff, yeah. that's great. That's a positive thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, my own experience, I feel safer when someone's stuck with me through the tough times yes not the easy times yes and so i think i think them in that environment sometimes felt like too much Mm -hmm. Uh, i think one of the way big upsides is that Mm -hmm. they they do understand a bond thank you for joining me this week on the homeschool made simple podcast i have a request would you Send a Homeschool Made Simple episode to a friend, any episode. I love to help families homeschool simply, inexpensively, and enjoyably. When you help me get the word out about what I'm doing here, I appreciate it so much. Until next time, remember, Jesus' commandments are not burdensome. What he calls you to do, he will enable you to do. Blessings.